Sorry, eating my pizza. Chair, staff is ready when you are. Great, thank you. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the April uh, 21st uh, Active Transportation Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll and establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Brazel is absent. Commissioner Buen Rostro. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Carpenter will be absent tonight. Commissioner Granville will also be absent. Commissioner Heim. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Hopped. Present. Commissioner Smith. Absent. Commissioner Ward Waller. Present. Thank you. Vice Chair Pollins. Present. And Chair Doer Westward. Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Uh, this meeting is virtual via Zoom, as I'm sure you assumed. Uh, for members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, you, you can use the raise your hand feature to provide com public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click on the raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're joining us from a mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via phone to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. We'll have three minutes to speak once you are called on and we'll now proceed with today's agenda. Our first item is a land acknowledgement. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. Excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, to the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patuan Wintu peoples, and the pe people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor uh, the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the ac active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous peoples, history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Uh, up next, please remain standing, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to balance two screens. Okay, please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, you may now be seated. Okay. Uh, our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Uh, Madam Clerk, uh, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised for this item. Great. 
Thank you. Uh, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I'll move to approve the consent agenda. Great. <laughs> I'll second it. Your hand. And sorry, who is the second from? Either me or Warren <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so it seems like we had a motion and we have a second. Okay, um, so I have a, a motion from Chair Hopped and a second from Commissioner Heim. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll for a vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call. Commissioner Brazel is absent. Commissioner Buenrostro? Aye. Commissioner Carpenter is <clears throat> absent tonight. Commissioner Granville is absent. Commissioner Heim? Aye. Commissioner Hopped? Aye. Commissioner Smith? Commissioner Smith, are you still here? Okay. It looks like he's still here, but we'll come back. Commissioner Ward Waller? Aye. Vice Chair Pollins? Aye. Chair Doer Westbrook? Aye. And then I'm gonna come back to Commissioner Smith. And he is absent this vote. Yeah. Okay, I think we got an aye. Thank you. Thank you. Thumbs up for aye. Thank you, Chair. Motion passes. Great. Thank you. All right. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. Um, item three is the commission staff report. Uh, is there a staff presentation? Good evening, uh, Chair, uh, Vice Chair and Commissioners. Jennifer Donlin, Transportation Planning Manager and your staff to the commission. It's wonderful to be with you this evening. We have a very brief staff oral update. The, the first is um, um, the active transportation audits, which is a process that we've been sharing with you to do an evaluation to barriers of walking, biking, and transit access in North Sacramento, the Broadway Fruit Ridge area, and South Sacramento. We put that project on hold. We're having some staffing issues and are unable to move forward with that, so we're pausing it for about six months. We're also pausing Battle of the Ballards, the survey, um, which I hope to run out in May. Uh, we are having some staffing issues and um, are unable to move forward with that at this time. So those are the project updates. We also have some other staffing changes. I'm gonna first start with our legal support. Um, Jen, there's Jen Gore. Uh, Jen Gore has staffed us as our legal eagle on uh, all um, key matters related to the commission and attorney Seth. Jen is now moving over to take over some new duties. And we have a new legal eagle, um, Kurt Wendletter. I haven't met Kurt. There we go, got it. Yes, Wendletter. He'll be supporting us moving forward. I think Jen and Kurt will be working together over the next couple of months. Anything to add to that, Jen or Kurt? Just happy to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, helping out. Wonderful, welcome to the commission. And the next update is from Drew. Drew, would you like to give your update? 
Sure. Thanks, Jennifer. Um, my update also under the umbrella of staffing changes that I um, have accepted a job elsewhere. And so I will be um, working at the city of Rancho Cordova um, as of mid-May. And so this is my last uh, commission meeting with you all. Um, it has been a pleasure working with you and you guys will continue to do great and wonderful things. And I'll be continuing to watch from afar and cheer you guys on. Thank you, Drew. Uh, and that is our staff update. Thank you so much. I'm a little emotional about this staff update, but congratulations, Drew, uh, on this new opportunity. Um, I do see commissioners' hands, but I think we agreed that we're going to go to the public first, so we'll come back to you all. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised for this item. Great. Thank you. Um, all right, and I see commissioners here, so I'll go in order of the hands. I believe, oh goodness, next doesn't show me the order. I thought I saw Judy's first, but then I also saw Commissioner Hines, so <laughs> go ahead. She's uh, so much on the consent calendar, so I'm going to jump in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, go ahead, Commissioner Wardwaller. Um, well, uh, thank you for the staff report, Jennifer and Drew. I have to say, Drew, I am so sad that you're leaving us. I mean, excited for you, and I hope it's a promotion and more pay and all those good things that we need and when we're growing in our careers. But um, I just want to thank you so much for everything you've done for the city and for active transportation and, and with us. You've been such a pleasure to work with, so we'll miss you a ton. Um, best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, Commissioner Heim? Yeah, I echo everything uh, Warwell just said, Commissioner Warwell just said, you know, it has been fun um, getting to know you and working with you. Um, good luck <laughs> on your next chapter. And I hope, I hope you love it. If not, always come back. We'll miss you. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, agreed. There's always a home for you in Sacramento. Uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Yeah, likewise, I would just like to uh, congratulate Drew on the new position. Also, uh, and Jennifer, um, congratulations on, on your move, and uh, you both will be missed. And welcome to Kurt. Great. And Commissioner Smith. Can you hear me finally? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, Congratulations to both of you, and I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, I, I, I won't waste time saying what everybody else has said, but I'm just, I'm thrilled for you, and uh, we will miss you. Thank you. Agreed. Well, hopefully we'll still get to maybe go on a, a bike ride with you or something in, in May. Uh, just, it'd be great to, to see you off. But yeah, congratulations, uh, Drew, again. Um, it's, it's been a real pleasure working with you. So, um, oh, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> um, this item was received in file, so no vote is required from the commission. Uh, we will now move on to the next item, uh, which is the Nino's, oh, item four, the Nino's Parkway Trail. Is there a staff presentation? Uh, yep, this is Adam Randolph. I'll be presenting on the trail and actually the following item after that as well. 
Great, take it away. I feel like I'm going to become a regular at this commission. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, let's see if I can figure out how to use Zoom this time and not repeat what I did at council last time. Uh, we want this slideshow. Um, so for Ninos Parkway, um, can I ask, do I have a map of North Natomas popped up with a little red yep. dot showing on it? Correct. Mm -hmm. All right, we're working this time. All right, so thank you, everybody. Um, presenting on our Ninos Parkway Trail. Uh, Ninos Parkway is a trail network in Natomas. It begins a little bit south of West El Camino at Ninos Park. Um, currently ends at San Juan Road, which is where my little red dot is right now. Uh, our project currently in engineering services is to complete this trail, um, essentially extending it north through this bit of open land, crossing over this drainage canal, and tying into an existing trail network in the park bridge development. Um, the trail is going to be planned for or as a class one multi-use path. It'll be a 16 foot total width with 12 feet of pavement, two feet shoulders on either side. So uh, pretty standard class one trail. Um, it will meander through this area. We're making sure we pay attention to drainage so we don't land it in a low spot and um, flood out our trail during any wet seasons or anything like that. Uh, we are building a new box culvert over the canal crossing here to carry the trail over the top. And we'll be able to catch down, this is actually a detention basin in the park bridge development. Uh, we will be able to catch down to the existing trails within park bridge um, at this corner, which includes one that runs along the base of this um, canal bank. Uh, another that runs along kind of the back of walk of uh, Park. God, I should know the name of the street off the top of my head. Uh, uh, but we'll run along that street north and tie into the neighborhood. Um, this, there's a couple challenges to construction through here, uh, primarily having to do with the fact that this open corridor, like many of our uh, city's bike trail networks runs underneath um, a power line easement. So we have SMUD and WAPA high voltage power lines going through here. And that doesn't limit us too much, except in that we have to be careful where exactly our trail is placed. We have to make sure that we maintain certain clearances around their towers. Um, and also another feature that I should have mentioned earlier uh, where our trail is crossing San Juan Road here, uh, we're going to put in a push button actuated signal to cross pedestrians and bikes. And we have to coordinate the construction of that signal with SMUD and WAPA since those are some relatively tall traffic signal poles that go in there. And they're always leery of our tall poles getting too close to their tall lines. Um, not a whole lot more to this trail, but I'm happy to answer any questions the commission may have. Um, actually, before I answer questions, I should also point out we are in initial design phases right now. So we are also extremely happy to take any comments and consider any concerns the commission may have 
and do our best to get those incorporated into our design. Uh, with that, are there any questions? Yeah, thank you so much for your presentation. Uh, Adam, first, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised on this item. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. I just got one hand raised. <laughs> and then I have a public comment from Lewis. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, we, we, we could hear you in council chamber. We are going to give you the ability to unmute. Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. It's okay. I confirm um, we can hear you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Luis. Um, where was it that you said that trail would be connecting to? So, so in the, from Nino's underneath all those lines up top. Yeah. And then so it, Currently, the trail begins at Ninos Park, a little bit south of West El Camino Drive. Um, it ends at San Juan Road. Our new project will extend it north from San Juan Road into the Park Bridge development, and it'll in, end at uh, Citrus Park Avenue and uh, Park Channel Way. Okay, sweet. I, I'm not sure if if there's another project that continues after that, but definitely support that. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Thank you for your comments. Chair, there are no other hands raised to make comment. Great, thank you. Um, okay, sorry, I'm finding my spot now. Okay. Now we'll move on to commissioner's comments. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Wardwaller, see your hand. Yeah, thanks, um, Adam, for the overview. Can you describe how the trail will actually connect in or will it to the neighborhoods that um, are kind of abutting the, the canal there? So I assume I'm trying to get my laser pointer to work so I can point for everybody. I assume you're talking about the back of houses along this area. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't actually have any neighborhood connection through that area. Um, anyone who lives in that stretch is more than welcome to have a, a gate off of their fence that opens into the parkway. But there aren't any street connections through there. Apart from purchasing hmm. rights from a homeowner, there's not really any way for us to make that connection. I mean, is there an opportunity, and has this ever been done? I, I don't know how exactly it would work, but to maybe talk to the homeowners about giving them, giving some kind of easement to the city to allow people to connect to the trail. Um, I, yeah. I just, my, I guess, my comment is having you know ridden the southern part of that trail up to San Juan. I mean, it, I there uh, there are some challenges. I think the trail feels somewhat less safe because there's not as frequent access. You know, it's not until you cross the streets that you actually have um, access to, you know, the neighborhoods. Um, and so I think it would improve, it would probably improve the use of the trail as well as the 
you know, just a feeling of safety and um, the number of people out there, if there was some kind of access, more frequent access to those neighborhoods. Um, I don't think that that's something that could be accommodated in this project, just for the fact that any type of easement acquisition right-of-way process would um, really delay the construction of the trail. Uh, there's nothing that would stop that from being pursued in the future, but I don't know that there's any funding source to purchase those rights from homeowners out here. Okay. Is there any additional commissioner comments? I guess I could add a comment. Um, I, I, I was a little curious, um, you know, what this, oh, sorry, I see a hand from uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Yeah, apologies, Chair Dewar. I, I just raised it as you were, uh, okay. so um, <clears throat> thanks for the presentation, Adam. Uh, Obviously, we love to see any type of uh, development of bike paths in, in Natomas. Um, I had to go to Google Maps and zoom out a little bit because I wasn't super familiar with where exactly this was. I couldn't uh, orient myself, but now I know where it's at. And yeah, I just want to say thanks for the presentation. My pleasure. Great. Thanks for that, Vice uh, Chair Pollins. Um, so I guess my question was, um, how is the city um, kind of seeing this trail creating a longer, um, like a longer route for folks to walk and bike within Natomas? So it, it seems like now you're, you know, taking advantage of um, some additional open space behind these homes. Um, but it's unclear to me, like, where you're intending folks to actually travel to. Um, so is the city kind of seeing this as being a more of a recreational space rather than, um, you know, a trail used for, you know, everyday types of trips to access schools and restaurants and that sort of thing? I guess I would love to kind of hear a little bit more about what the city's thinking was behind uh, the specific location. Thanks. Adam, do you mind if I jump in on that one? I was going to encourage you to. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Chair, um, this is part of the Ninos Parkway. Um, it connects and it will end at that neighborhood just north of that is actually um, uh, 80, Highway 80, Freeway 80. I'm, I'm blanking because it's Thursday evening and I'm not getting the right one, but you know what I mean. It's a freeway. On the other side of the freeway is actually county land. So as you all well know, um, coordination among uh, agencies is difficult. It's an industrial park up there. Uh, I don't think in the future would it be terrible if we connected over into the county, provide great access to jobs. It's not currently in the bike plan, though. Um, but as you'll see later, we're going to be looking to update that. Um, but it will connect south. So this connection will provide connection to that new development, which is in part funding this shared use path, provide connection for this development to get on the Ninos Parkway to get down. Um, the, the, currently, the Nino's Parkway ends at um, Mutual Housing at River Gardens, as you'll see later. Um, it was part of the, the Big Seven transportation and climate ideas. We want to close that gap between Mutual Housing and the American River Parkway. Once we do that, that'll provide the seamless off-street connection uh, for all the folks that live here 
onto the American River Parkway, which connect folks across the region to Sac State, um, to the downtown core and a lot of entertainment and job opportunities. Great, thank you for that, Jennifer. Yeah, I think that that's helpful to get that that bigger picture idea. And I, when I was, you know, going through the items, I did see, you know, the, the highway not too far from it. So I was like, what? How how is the city really thinking about, you know, getting people from Natomas, you know, across that highway in a way where they feel safe and comfortable doing so? Because I know right now it can be it can be quite a challenge for folks. So thanks for for expanding on this. So this is a piece of a bigger puzzle. It sounds like. Um, to solve that connection. Great. Well, thank you so much. And um, Adam, I guess for, for members of the public who are listening, um, is there an online website or a place where they can go to provide feedback on, on some of the, de the designs that you all are proposing? Um, so for now, if there's any initial feedback, I would encourage them to reach out through responses to Jennifer and her group with the Active Transportation Commission. Um, we, as I said, we are Kind of in our initial design phase right now um, so we're still developing that web presence for this project um, once we get that up i will definitely share that with jennifer's group so that we can get the word out and let people um, chime in on this project as they see fit great thank you so much <clears throat> okay um well this let's see sorry i'm getting myself all confused today with the agenda. Um, this item was for review and comment, so no vote is required. Um, we will now move on to the next item. But thank you again, Adam, for coming to, to speak with us today and look forward to seeing this project be built. My pleasure. Thanks. And I'll see oh, you you're, in you're the next item as well. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Sorry, not getting rid of you <laughs> yet. Um, the next item is item five, the Two Rivers Trail status update. And yeah, I'll pass it back over to you, Adam, for a presentation. All right, thank you. And this one is much further along in design, so I can speak much more powerfully on this project, I'm happy to say. Um, Two Rivers Trail is a project that has been around since about 2011. So we're over 10 years old at this point, sadly. Um, but we are getting it across the finish line. And I should say Two Rivers Trail Phase 2 has been around that long. Uh, Two Rivers fail, Trail Phase 1 um, it, or already is built. It exists from the confluence of the American and Sacramento River um, east along the levee to State Route 160. Uh, Two Rivers Phase 2, let me actually get screens shared. Uh, Two Rivers Trail Phase 2, um, well, get my laser pointer out again, and we can say Two Rivers Trail Phase 1 is this area here. Uh, Two Rivers Trail Phase 2 uh, studied the area that will actually be Phase 3, and then um, has construction funds for essentially Sutter's Landing Park east to H Street Bridge. So the trail is primarily along the waterside toe of levee. Um, again, we have a class one multi-use path and I'm gonna go into some details on that a little bit later. Um, through the vast majority of the project, I'm actually gonna flip back to the original screen. Through the vast majority of this project, this, or we exist along the toe of the levee. There is about a thousand foot stretch through here 
where previous high water events in the river actually washed out that towpath. And you can kind of see that, um, how tight the dotted line is to the river here. That gives you an idea of where we're talking about. Um, in that section, we're actually going to have a levee top trail. And we had to get special permission from the American River Flood Control District to allow us to place a trail on top of the levee just for that short stretch. Um, we are planning to build this project uh, next year, and that is actually a massive construction or coordination effort. I think we went into this a little bit with questions a couple meetings ago, uh, where we are coordinating this trail with the State Route 51 slash Business 80 um, bridge widening project, as well as the Army Corps of Engineers levee protection project. Um, another challenge to this project, and once again, I'll jump back to that first map, is along with that Business 80 bridge, uh, through kind of the edge of this map, as you'd see it here, uh, there is also a Union Pacific Railroad crossing. Um, Union Pacific Railroad owns a historic steel truss bridge through here. I think anybody who rides this stretch of the trail probably knows exactly the bridge I'm talking about. Um, and we have been going through a lot of challenges with them trying to get permissions to cross our trail underneath that bridge. Um, in order to accomplish that crossing, what we are, or what we are required to do by UP is to provide a canopy over the trail for 30 feet beyond the tracks on either side of their bridge in order to ensure that no falling debris, anything like that can land on any trail users, just essentially as an insurance policy for Union Pacific. Um, they own the property where their bridge is in fee. So unfortunately they basically get to set all the rules for that crossing. Um, what we are, running into now we are well let me say first off that we are very near the finish line on this we are getting all of our permits in place we are finalizing our design and we are as i said coordinating this project with all of the big players in the area to make sure that there's room for us to build um one or the biggest challenge that we're running into at the moment is union pacific um, sadly, it is such a big challenge that it is now one of our design modifications. Um, in that area, which would be this spot right here, um, we are actually to the point right now where we're going to propose to remove that scope from our project completely. Uh, we are approaching the, um, those who provide our grants for this project and getting permission to move that bridge crossing effort to the phase three project rather than the phase two. And we're doing that to ensure that we are able to build the remainder of this trail, trail in a timely manner and ensure that we're, we don't jeopardize the grant funds that we've all worked very hard to get in place for this trail. Um, in addition to that design modification, I also wanted to bring a couple other things up with the commission. Um, one of them is the access point into Glen Hall Park. And I'll flip back to this um, slide. So Glen Hall Park is basically dead center in the River Park neighborhood. Uh, one side of the levee is Glen Hall Park. The other side of the levee is County's Paradise Beach. Um, 
Previously, we had looked at doing some type of traffic circle at the entrance into the trail network there. Um, after coordinating with our transportation group and kind of vetting out the idea, we determined that um, it just wasn't a feasible solution um, just due to the sharp bends needed to get down the levee due to the limited light available out there and the fact that on the water side of the levee, we can't really provide additional lighting. There were concerns of how a traffic circle might be traversed at night, especially by cyclists. Um, it was determined that the safest option moving forward would be more of a T intersection, which is more of the standard intersection that you see all along the parkway. Um, and then one final modification I wanted, oh, one final modification I wanted to mention that apparently I failed to, but I'll talk to this slide for it. Um, one of the ideas that we had advanced on this trail, and this was after speaking with the um, River Park neighborhood and hearing their concerns about conflicts between cyclists and pedestrians, uh, we had explored an idea of putting in a narrower paved trail with wider shoulders. So basically going down to a eight foot paved trail, which is the minimum by the highway design manual for a class one trail, and then putting that extra width where we would normally have pavement into a shoulder on one side. Um, we had to go away from this idea as well, primarily for maintenance concerns. And that uh, being more than anything else, that a maintenance vehicle is going to have a difficult time staying on the pavement with a trail this narrow. And we, or if they were to ride on some type of DG shoulder, that shoulder would be eroded far faster than it would otherwise. And we don't want to install something out there that we're not going to be able to maintain at a high standard. So instead we are reverting back to a more traditional design which would be a 10 to 12 foot wide paved trail with two foot shoulders. Um, I think those are the primary updates I wanted to give on this project, but I am also more than happy to answer any questions that you may have, because I know this project is, there are plenty of questions to ask. Great, thank you so much for that presentation. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised on this item. Thank you. Okay, and I see Commissioner Ward-Waller with your hand. Go ahead. Uh, uh. Thanks, Adam, uh, for another good presentation. I'm excited about this one, um, and I do traverse this section of the river a lot. Um, can you, uh, do you have an update on schedule for this construction? Uh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> my schedule or everybody else's because there's a lot of construction. <laughs> out here. Um, I can give you a solid update on my schedule and okay. the best of my knowledge on everyone else's. That'd be great. Okay. So right now, and I'm actually going to start with somebody else's project. Uh, right now, the Army Corps of Engineers is out there. I'm going to flip back to this map Sorry. because this is a good one to point to. Um, the Army Corps of Engineers is out there right now doing what they refer to as their contract one work for their bank protection project. 
Uh, what that is is a bank armoring project from Glen Hall Park east to a little ways down the levee in front of Sac State, so actually the other side of H Street Bridge. They are doing their heavy civil work, which means they're doing all of their heavy excavation work, laying rock, reestablishing um, banks out there this year. Uh, so if anybody's been out there recently, they've seen that a lot of trees came down out there. Uh, that mm -hmm. is part of the CORES project. Um, with that project, they are literally scooping out the majority of the bank of the river here so they could heavily armor it against high flows in the future. Um, then this year, they're putting everything back. Next year, they're going to do what they refer to as the greening portion of their project, which is where they're doing all of their plant establishment. And they have a very extensive replanting plan out here. Um, the Caltrans State Route 51 project has also started work out there. Um, they've began their tree removal work already, and they're actually starting on the north side of the river. Um, for their widening work, uh, the widening of this bridge is going to take place on the east side of it. So they are doing, or what they're going to do is access from the north side of the river, and they're actually going to put a barge in the river to do a lot of their construction along there. So the work they've done so far is preparation work to be able to get their access route down to the waterway. And they're in the process of getting their final clearances on their permit to get into the waterway so they can start all of that in water work. It's a lot of preparation to say that next year, everybody will be out there. Um, Caltrans is going to start very early in the year, widening the bridge or widening the bridge abutment. So the foundation for the bridge on the south bank of the levee. Immediately following that, uh, my Two Rivers Trail project should be out there building our embankments for the ADA trail um, ramps up to the top of the levee down to the top or down from the top of the levee over here, as well as all of our embankments around Glen Hall Park and the build up to H Street Bridge. Um, my trail construction will continue through the summer. We would be starting from the H Street Bridge side and basically paving our way down. At the same time that we're doing that, um, the Army Corps contract three portion, which they refer to it as, which goes from basically Union Pacific's um, eastern right-of-way line here, um, all the way west to where you see the bank start to widen out on the river here. Um, the Army Corps will be doing that pr bank protection work. So I will be building my trail improvements up to where they are and then hitting pause until they finish their work. Once they finish their work, which will be roughly the end of the, um, near the end of summer next year, I'll be able to complete my paving all the way down to our terminus point um, at Union Pacific's right of way over here. Um, I will add that um, the one additional piece out here is the Caltrans SR51 widening. As part of that project, they are building a class one path across the river on that east side of the bridge. Um, so there will be a connection point from the American River Trail on the north side of the river 
across SR-51 and touching down to tie into the Two Rivers Trail on the south side of the river once they are complete. Um, that's probably a couple years away until that connection is made, though. Got it. So the construction completion for the trail is like end of next summer, if I understood you right. Yep, the construction completion for the trail will be basically next fall, if, okay. as long as we can keep these pieces all lined up the way they are right now. Got it. Yeah, it's complex sequence. <laughs> a lot of um, moving can, pieces on this one. Can you just um, clarify where you've landed with UP too? It sounds like that's still somewhat unresolved, but you I would explained say that like there a bunch of things no, you discussed. Yeah, there. I would say there's not actually a landing point there. Um, and let okay. me, I want to mention one more thing while we were talking about construction as well. Um, and this is just a little um, warning to the commission and it's kind of an inevitable fact of what we have out here. We are trying to build this trail as quickly as possible to allow people to use it. Um, with all of Caltrans construction around here, um, there will be the occasional disruption on that trail. There will be mm -hmm. um, a couple of temporary closures when they're doing work directly over that trail that um, probably while they're erecting shielding, things like that. So that's just something that we have to expect and plan for. Um, but they are doing everything they can to minimize that work as well. I will say the, or that Caltrans and the Corps have been amazing partnering with the city, and we've had a level of coordination between these three projects that I've never seen with, or between three agencies like us on any other project. Good. Um, jumping great. back to Union Pacific, um, I'll go to this slide. So Union Pacific, we've had... It's an interesting experience working with Union Pacific, and I don't know if anybody else on the commission has ever tried to um, climb that mountain before. Um, we have advanced multiple concepts through Union Pacific, and it's a challenge because they are a very large organization with many moving parts as well. So when we um, advance a concept, and we've done this a, with a couple different ideas for this underbridge crossing. Um, we have advanced it to the point where we've gotten basically a conditional approval from them, and then had that approval revoked by a different a, or entity within that agency down the road. Um, so we have explored multiple possibilities, including, um, you know, adding some type of screening to the bridge to prevent, or for, let me say, Union Pacific's primary issue with this project is that that historic bridge is what they refer to as an open deck bridge. Um, if you were to walk underneath it, you can look up through the bottom and see the sky. There is nothing other than some rail or some ties and rails uh, between the tracks and where you stand. So they are concerned about any type of debris falling through the bridge and how do we protect for that. Um, we have proposed multiple options for them, um, including removable structures that the city would remove, including just um, offering them an indemnification that the city would take full liability for anything that did happen through there 
Um, as I said, we've had multiple structure designs. We've had multiple types of structures that we've offered to put up through there. We've had, or we've offered simple solutions to add some minor bridge modifications that would take care of the problem. And nothing has been acceptable to them to this point. So we are still exploring other options that may be acceptable, but the bottom line is to get a agreement approved through Union Pacific um, from the current start or place that we are right now uh, would in almost all circumstances take over a year to approve. And we have less than that much time to get this trail um, out to bid. So we are not abandoning our coordination efforts with them by any means. We're actually working on other concepts with them as we speak, but we are pushing the construction effort to another project so that we don't risk what or the remainder of this project. So is it possible that you might go to construction and like leave this gap in the trail or something? Uh, it's very possible. How wide is the right of way there? Uh, overall, I believe it's a couple hundred feet. Wow. Yeah, I thought I saw in, okay. in the staff report it was 700 feet, but maybe I'm remembering yep. it correctly. Um, no, you're probably correct about that. Um, if you yeah. were to look on a map of it, the as the crow flies, it's probably 300 feet, but for the route the trail would have to take, it's about doubled because we have to bend a few angles to get around under the bridge. Okay. Thank you. And, yep. Thank you, Adam. And thanks for those great questions, Commissioner Wardwaller. Um, I know we've already asked for public comment, but I did see a member of the public that raised their hand and I'm comfortable um, allowing them to ask that question. So um, can we allow them to speak? Sure, thank you, Chair. Thanks. I have a public comment from Nebras. Nebras, I gave you permission to unmute. We're going to give you the permission once more to unmute. We do have a hand raised from Nebras. And we are giving you the ability to unmute at this time. Okay, Chair, we can come back to that speaker. We did have another hand go up, uh, Louis Romo. Hi, is, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Is this part of the, what is it, the bike super freeway projects that you guys had posted about a few weeks back? Yes, this is. This is perfect. Um, so, if I remember, if I heard correctly, is the Capital City Freeway expansion supposed to be next year? 
or in this uh, year. Just for clarification, does the commission want me to respond or does the commission want to respond first or ask the question back to staff? Um, I think, you know what, um, what I will suggest in, is if maybe we can um, point the caller to a project website where that information will be listed. Okay. I think that yeah. might be the best option just because we have a, little, a packed agenda tonight. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but um, yeah, that's, I think that would be the best way to proceed. Okay. So the only reason why I was asking was because it seems like the biggest issues that you guys are running into is the the Union Pacific stretch of the trail and the Capital City Freeway expansion part of the trail. And then the levee stretch just past that. Um, but over by the Glen Hall Park section, um, sounds like that's based off, you guys are just waiting for the uh, Army Corps for a project that they're working on. If I remember correctly. So, uh, as far as like the start of construction, you had did you say that it was supposed to be next fall, or that's when the trail is supposed to be finished? I don't remember correctly what you had said. Um, if the commission would like me to respond to this real quick. Uh, so we are not waiting on the course project right now. Honestly, the pieces are just lining up where all of our construction schedules are able to work together with each other. Uh, mm -hmm. We are finalizing our permitting right now. So we'll actually be ready to bid this project at the end of the year, which puts us in construction the following year in 2023. Okay, okay, makes sense. Sweet. Chair, if I may remind uh, the public and commission, we don't respond to questions from the public. We are only supposed to respond to direct questions. This is a time for public comment. Not that the questions aren't fantastic, um, but just focusing on the commission questions is what staff are supposed to do. Okay, thank you, appreciate that. All right, that's it, I believe. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Adam, for your presentation on this project. I personally live very close to it. So <laughs> um, really, really looking forward to seeing the completion um, of this effort. Um, I, I had some questions, but you know, we have a lot of other items. So I'm thinking I might just follow up with you um, at a later time. Um, but thank you again for, for coming to speak with us today. I'm just going to double check. I don't have any additional commissioner hands. Okay, not seeing any. Uh, thank you for your presentation. All right, thank you. And I am happy to field any other questions at a later date too. Perfect, wonderful. I'm sure we'll be hearing updates from this. <laughs> Um, okay, so that item was review um, and provide comments and so no votes required. We'll move on to the next item. Uh, the next item is item six, the Northgate Boulevard Emerging Design Concepts. Is there a staff presentation? There is, and I'm getting set up right now. One moment. Awesome. All right. Oh, can you see my screen? Excellent. Well, hello, everyone. Um, most of you know me, probably all of you know me. I'm Leslie Mansebaugh, I'm a transportation planner in the Department of Public Works, here to chat about Northgate Boulevard. Um, oops, here, 
just some ironing out the kinks here with the presentation. There we go. Change screens. All right. So I was here last month um, to give you a project update. So I'm not going to get too much detail about the background of the project. However, I do find it helpful to look back at the work we did in fall 2021, um, especially as we're kicking off our next phase of engagement now. It's good to reflect on what we did in the last phase of engagement. So in addition to the tech in addition to the technical analysis that we did early in the project, um, we really had some great community conversations. And I won't go through this entire list because you've heard my spiel before, um, but this community is really engaged, um, eager to see change on Northgate Boulevard. So this is a really exciting project. Um, the result of those great conversations and that technical analysis was setting the vision for the project. So the vision is centered around safety, mobility, and community identity, really to sort of summarize the items here. Um, we've used this vision and we reference this vision and look back at it um, in every phase of the project, including designing or um, developing the emerging concepts that I have for you today. So now we can jump right in. Um, as everyone's mentioned so far, there's a packed agenda tonight. So um, I am intentionally going through these fairly quickly, and then I'll open it up for questions. So I hope that you had a chance to review these in um, the staff report as well. Um, so we'll start with this um, view of the entire corridor. Um, so this first exhibit, I've, first of all, I have to say that the exhibit, this exhibit in your staff report, there was an error. Um, so the intersections of El Camino and Hagen were transposed. So it's correct here on screen, but in your staff report, those two are flip-flopped. So that's been corrected. Um, outside of that, here's sort of the rundown of what the key means. There's a lot to digest here. The white circle with the green outline shows um, signals that exist today that we've identified potential improvements to. The solid green circle shows three new traffic signals that are in the works now. So these have already been funded and they're expected to be installed later this year. So that's sort of an element that we don't always have in these kinds of plans. Um, I will note that the one at Hagen, um, there is a signal there now and um, it's being replaced with modern equipment and the other two solid green circles are brand new signals. Those are not signalized intersections now. The blue circles are um, new signals that are in sort of this, um, this phase of our um, conceptualization. And um, then the, <clears throat> within each circle, the solid purple lines are existing crosswalks um, that we've identified potential improvements to. And then the purple and white dotted lines show potential locations for new crosswalks. And a note about those is I'm fairly certain that based on the city's pedestrian crossing guidelines, all of those are going to be um, enhanced in some way. So it may be RFEs, but more likely they'll be like pedestrian signals. Um, so in this phase of engagement, our really call to action to the community on this exhibit is to let us know um, if they have questions, comments, or concerns about the locations of these new crossings and um, new crosswalks and new signals, especially. Um, 
If we missed the mark, we want to know. Oftentimes in this phase of engagement, we hear from the community that that's not where the desire line is for folks across the street. And at this point, we can still make those adjustments because we haven't gotten into the more detailed design. Um, let's see here. Okay. So now I'm going to go through sort of high-level emerging concepts for um, three segments of the corridor. We split it into three segments because, as you'll see, these three segments have distinct qualities. Um, we'll start at the north. Here is um, the, the northernmost segment of the corridor. It's um, fairly wide. It has two lanes in each direction with a center left turn lane. There are some empty lots along this segment, a lot of sort of large commercial development and some like um, some, some gas stations and some drive-in restaurants and things like that. Um, so here's that cross section again, showing the existing on top and then the emerging concepts that we have on the bottom. Some key features of this emerging concept for the north segment include a buffered bikeway, widened sidewalks, which we actually have the right of way to put it to potentially include in the plan. I don't imagine that being too controversial. Uh, narrowing the travel lanes, and that's what gives us that space to make the buffered or the, yeah, the separated bikeway, really. Um, and then we also have heard that the continuous center left turn lane throughout the corridor um, is being used now um, for a lot of bad behavior, um, for vehicles to pass or sit and wait. Um, and, uh, and we've seen in our crash data that that's where a lot of crashes happen. Um, unfortunately, we found that traffic volumes are too high to consider a lane reduction on this section. Then I also have I have some, um, some renderings of a prototypical intersection on the north segment. So this isn't specifically one intersection, but it's sort of showing the, the prototypical conditions. So this is what exists today. And then here is the rendering showing the sidewalk and curb ramp improvements, the separated bikeways, the reduced lane widths. Um, also something to note is we're working closely with RT to identify opportunities to enhance transit facilities. In this northern section, there is a little more right-of-way to work with to make those enhancements. As we move south, um, our right-of-way sort of narrows and there might not be as many opportunities to do that. So I'll move to the middle segment. This is our largest segment of the plan. Um, it's, like I said, slightly more narrow. Um, a lot of the characteristics are similar, though, two lanes in each direction and a center left turn lane. The land use is a little bit different, and something that I want to point out is on this segment, Smythe Elementary School um, faces Northgate. It's directly on Northgate, right? We often see these schools um, facing residential streets, and so that's um, a, a big factor on this segment. There's also a lot of local businesses that face the corridor. There's... Um, uh, single-family homes that mostly back this segment of the corridor, and um, also there's a couple um, bigger um, shopping centers here as well. All right, so here are the cross-sections again, and um, oh, oh, wait, is this, okay, sorry, I thought I maybe dropped the wrong one in here. So, um, this, uh, I think the biggest feature here to highlight is that this emerging concept includes a potential lane reduction. 
Yay, we love lane reductions, right? We heard from the community that speeding is the, um, their biggest concerns. Our collision data shows that speeding is the um, biggest factor in severe and fatal collisions. And so um, we have the space also to, with that lane reduction, maintain the separated bikeway through the segment. So um, I'd also like to note that there's a median included in this cross-section here, but we haven't yet identified the specific locations or the design of these medians. And we know that looking ahead if a median is included in the plan, we're gonna need to consider things like access to businesses and neighborhoods, as well as um, emergency service needs. So I'll move on to the cross sections. Here we go. This is a prototypical intersection in the middle segment today. And then I love this rendering here. Um, this shows the emerging concept with lane reduction. And something that we heard loud and clear um, in our first phase of engagement is that the community wants Northgate to look and feel and function in a way that serves the community and not just exists to move cars as fast as fast and as frequent as possible um, through the neighborhood. And I think this rendering really sort of captures that ideal. Again, we have a lot of design to do, but I think this really shows the community um, what could be, right? Like something to look forward to. Um, something else that we heard in our first phase of engagement uh, is that it's not comfortable for everyone to access the surrounding shared use paths that run uh, around this neighborhood. So there's um, Nino's Parkway on the west side of Northgate and the um, levee path that runs on the east side, both parallel and north-south to Northgate. And then the American River Parkway is really geographically close, um, but the members of the Gardenland and Northgate community have expressed that they don't really utilize that wonderful asset because they don't feel comfortable getting there on their bikes um, on Northgate. So... Um, it's sort of the, one of these disconnects in our network of paths that we were talking about earlier. I'm so glad we were talking about Nino's Parkway earlier because this next, um, this rendering is sort of the southernmost part of this middle segment. And the intention here, I call this our special segment because it sort of overlaps the middle segment and the south segment that we've already shown. Um, this, the intention here is to connect the Nino's Parkway to the American River Parkway. And as we were talking about earlier, this will be so crucial to get folks north of the river, essentially down to the American River Parkway to find a um, crossing, a place to cross the river. And so what we've conceptualized um, uh, is this two-way cycle track on the west side of Northgate. I know it's really tiny, but you can see up here in the upper right that there's um, reason we put it on the west side is because Nino's Parkway is on the west side and that's that's um, really the connection I think that is more crucial. Um, these are high level concepts again we want to bring these to the community and um, hear what they think uh, about these uh, before we get into more detailed design and if these are included in the plan there's a lot of things that we will need to con consider like transitions and um, intersection design and um, the medians and the placing of the medians. Uh, so let's move on here to the south segment. And so the south segment, as you all know, if you've been up here, it's a very different than the other two segments. The uh, it, it's there's not much development here. Um, 
There's no sidewalks. It's one lane in each direction. I think there's only one turn pocket on the whole segment. Um, and so what we've considered or what we've conceptualized in our emerging designs here is that we continue the cycle track on the west side of Northgate here on this segment, the south segment, and then build a sidewalk on the south side as well. Building the sidewalk only on the south side gives us the width that we need to have that cycle track and sidewalk next to each other, provides additional comfort for the folks using the sidewalk, of course, because there's so much um, there's so much space between the, the vehicles and people walking. And so um, this also being on the west side um, gives access or improves, enhances access to um, Cat Pollock. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. And then also other access points to the American River Parkway that exist on the side of Northgate. So looking ahead to next steps, um, we have already started showing these emerging concepts in the community. I was actually at the senior center and the after school program at Stanford Settlement this week. Um, they were great groups to chat with. The seniors are so fun because um, they just have so much historic context of the neighborhood. I spoke to one woman who's lived in the Northgate neighborhood for 80 years. And she said she remembers when this was a dirt road. So um, I don't know if that's a fact, but it really was fun to chat with her. Um, so I'll also be at the community paint day on May 1st. I think that's a great tie-in because um, this like um, this, this, this sense of community is really important here in Gardenland Northgate. And um, I'll be at the greenhouse at River Oaks. So that is the mutual housing development that Jennifer mentioned earlier. So that's at the terminus of Nino's Parkway. It's really dense housing there. And um, this trail connection in particular, I think will be really important for them, as well as kids getting to Smythe Elementary School. I heard from parents there when I was tabling in the first phase that they um, drive their kids just a mile up the street, less than a mile up the street, um, because they don't want to walk in on Northgate. So hopefully we can find some solutions for them. And then, um, oh, then we'll actually be at the greenhouse at um, River Oaks as well in the next phase. I think I already mentioned that. Sorry, I lost my place here. What the point is, though, is that we need your help, and we're asking the community, to um, spread the word about the community workshop on May 11th. And then we're inviting folks to take the online survey that's at NorthgateBoulevard.com. Um, I invite you all to take the survey as well. And in the interest of time, I will stop here and I will stop sharing so I can see all of your faces and open it up for questions and comments. Great. Thank you so much, Leslie, for that presentation. Always just such an enthusiastic presenter. So. Sorry, I'm sorry. I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> I do the same. I do the same. Yeah. Um, but before we go to commission comments, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised on this item. Great. Thank you. I will now move on to commission commissioner comments. I see a hand from uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Thank you, Chair Bureau uh, Westbrook. Uh, great presentation, Leslie. And a uh, quick question. Since the Walter Weta Trail um, runs parallel, has there been any discussion or thoughts about making connections from, from Northgate up onto the trail? Because there's really no way to get up on there right now. Yeah, so the popular place to get on the trail right now is um, 
oh my gosh, what's that part called? I'm forgetting, I was just there. Um, here, I can, um, the park with the King's Court. I have it handy here, I have it, I have it. Gardenland Park. Um, so that's where most people access the trail now. That's what we've heard from the community is that's where most people access the trail. Um, the actual trail access like up onto the levee is not within the scope of this project, but we are thinking about intersection design to get folks over to Gardenland Park to access the trail, right? So that's where our sort of connectivity um, conversations are aligned, but the actual like levee work is outside of the scope of this project. Got it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, kind of an off topic question, but I know the Walter Wade Parkway was uh, um, the pavement had been stripped out for some levee repair. Do you know if that's been put back down yet or not? I haven't even heard that. I've been spending a lot of time up there. So I don't know. Jennifer, do you have anything to add? I don't think I have any info. Yeah, um, I checked. Uh, Vice Chair Pollins, we haven't gotten a response back, but I can follow up again. Again, it's not the city that's doing the work, but it's the folks doing the levy work up there. Got it. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, we just, we do our training rides uh, and uh, use that stretch. And uh, last year we, we ran into a bunch of mud. <laughs> and so we had to like get down off the levee and it was quite a ordeal but thank you for that i appreciate it great thanks for that question um vice chair pollins i see a hand from commissioner ward waller <gasps> um leslie i just want to say um great work <laughs> the presentation was awesome and I'm so excited about the road diet options that those are awesome I am curious the um the second option with that you talked about with the southern segment where there's like the two-way cycle track on one side um is did you consider or did you workshop at all like having that that design or that cross-section go all the way up the quarter because it seems like the trick is going to be getting the you know northbound um bike way over to the right side of the street and i don't know where that would happen totally um right now in this sort of conceptual plan that we're bringing to the public um that transition happens just north of wait north field not north gate yeah so north field ties in um the reason that we have conceptualized it that way is because at the end of that the west end of Northfield is where uh, Nino's Park is that's the best way to access Nino's Park so we're thinking about if this is the connector between Nino's Parkway and American River Parkway that makes sense as sort of our shortest cycle track option right um however it's not out of the question to go up the corridor to find a better place to transition with that um, just north of there, we get to a really large um, commercial center, like um, like a really old strip mall, mall style commercial center that would absolutely need to have fewer access points if we were going to have that two-way cycle track on the west side. Um, and then even further north than that, there's Smythe Elementary School that has sort of their pickup drop-off line on the west side so there's a lot of conflicts on the west side as we move north 
So I think we will transition somewhere south of those conflicts, but yet to yet to be yet to be designed specifically. And another option, just, I, I don't know, worth considering thinking about all those access issues is, did you think about doing like a grade separated, like a sidewalk level two-way cycle track, which might help with the drop-offs and all those conflict points? I don't think that's out of the question when we move towards more detailed design. Okay. Um, I know that that does increase cost. Um, and I know that this connector portion here is um, is a priority beyond this Northgate project, as Jennifer has presented in the climate workshops. And so um, I, I, it hasn't been ruled out, but there's okay. a lot of other factors to consider. Because you're ripping up the street either way, right, with the median? You're gonna yeah, to, to deliver this entire plan as it's conceived now, um, yes, but... Um, you know, sometimes we have the opportunities to piecemeal these things together and we have to make those engineering judgments and trade-offs. Um, so I can't, we're not ruling anything out at this point. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Great, thanks for that question. Uh, is there any additional commissioner comments? Okay, I'll, I'll ask a question. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you again, um, Leslie, for the presentation. It's very exciting to see. Um, I was curious, however, this is going to be quite a, a big makeover for, for Northgate. Um, is the city planning to do any temporary demonstrations of the projects you're hoping to implement to test out and see whether or not you know what we're planning for really works for the community or if they really like the way you know the you know the two-way cycle track for example that's something that many people aren't familiar with so curious if you could speak to that those are totally my jam so i have my eyes peeled throughout this process to try to try to find opportunities to do that um Oftentimes those are hard to do on the actual roadway because, um, you know, because we still have to use, we have to, we have to use city traffic engineer approved plans and, you know, traffic rated materials if anything's going to actually be in the roadway. So, so sometimes those are difficult, but I think there's still potential to go out to community events and like set up a faux cycle track in a big parking lot that's not well used. So I think there's opportunities to like, carry on the engagement after the plan is adopted. We haven't identified anything specific yet though. Gotcha. I feel like but if anyone knows the funding for those kinds of things, we always love doing them. Yeah. I know uh, through the active transportation program through the state, it now funds quick builds, but that's a little bit different. I think I think just what I'm suggesting is an opportunity for the community to really and get an example of what it might, what it might. Yeah, be. I think that an example is on Franklin Boulevard. They weren't able to do the demonstration on street because of all these, you know, factors. So during mm -hmm. a community event, they set up what the, you know, what the separated bikeway would look like and invited people to ride on it, like in a parking lot. So I think we have options, but again, we haven't identified anything specific yet, but we are keeping it front of mind throughout the process. That's great to hear. Seems like a good opportunity to do like an open streets event on Northgate or something. They have a parade on May 1st, the Cinco de Mayo oh. parade. I'll be out there. So it should be fun. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, cool. Well, very supportive of, you know, any opportunity that the city has to test these ideas um, a little bit early before going through the long and expensive construction process. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much. I'm looking back um, at the agenda. I believe this was an update. There's or so, sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I, I don't think there's anything to vote on on this. This was informational. And the ask is, you know, help us get the word out about this project, about our workshop and about the online survey. And I invite you all to take a look at the survey as well. And, um, you know, maybe have some time, more time to think about these concepts and provide comments there. That's awesome. Wonderful. And could you plug uh, the website one more time? It's NorthgateBLVD.com. Awesome. Thank you again. Well, yeah, really, really appreciate your presentation tonight and cool. uh, look forward to seeing you out there in the community. Thanks everyone. Good to see you. You too. Okay. All right. We're moving right along. Uh, the next item is item uh, seven, the Freeport Boulevard transportation plan, emerging design concepts. Uh, is there a staff presentation? There is, that'll be by me. Thanks. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Chair Dora Westbrook and the Commission. My name is Drew Hart. I'm a transportation planner in the city of Sacramento. And I normally don't like following Leslie, but in this case, it's really advantageous because our, our presentations follow the same pattern. It's just she did a lot of explaining of some of the things that you will see in similar fashion. So I won't have to re, um, repeat the things that she said. So I am going to share my screen and move on to the presentation. Okay. Again, to be brief, since we were here last month explaining um, some of the updates of this project, I just want to iterate uh, briefly that the focus on Freeport Boulevard, like our, our counterpart to the North and Northgate Boulevard is to focus on transportation safety and mobility for all users. And a couple of the reasons why we chose to study this, these areas in particular, they're both on the Vision Zero High Injury Network. Uh, and when we did the Vision Zero Action Plan a number of years ago, we identified some trends of commonalities where we saw a number of um, high numbers of um, killed and serious injury crashes. And one of those emerging trends was um, commercial corridors where you have lots of driveways. Freeport Boulevard is certainly home to a lot of driveways and land uses, especially retail and commercial strips. Um, also, there's a very enthusiastic and engaged community down there focused on transportation safety and trying to make some changes. So we want to support that when we have the opportunity to do so. Um, again, as summary in fall, we did a lot of public engagement and listening to the public on a number of items of what they saw as problematic about the corridor and what they valued about the corridor and changes that they would like to see. We did uh, walking workshops and engaging with the community and virtual and pop-up events, things like that. With that information, we have um, pulled together some emerging opportunities. And so in similar fashion to what Leslie just went over, um, if you turn your head to the right and, and refocus yourself that uh, north is to the right of the screen. Um, you'll be able to 
make more sense of this. Um, so this is a one point mile stretch of Freeport Boulevard that goes from uh, Sutterville Road to the north down to Blair Avenue to the south, which is the entrance to the um, executive airport if you're familiar with um, that landmark. Um, the green circle that you see on the left side of your screen, south end of the corridor is a signal like uh, Leslie pointed out and um, that is already funded in, in the works, um, but we have the opportunity to um, look at all intersections in this effort to identify enhancements. Right now, one of the things uh, that we heard from the community is the, the, the corridor itself acting as a barrier for east and west travel for folks that live on the west side of the corridor, just simply wanting to get to the east side of the corridor to drop off their kids at Sutterville Elementary School, for example, um, or to cross from east over to west to go to Rayleigh or whatever their, their case may be. So we want to identify opportunities. What we heard from the communities, there needs to be more opportunities for signalized pedestrian crossings. So um, the circles in blue are areas where we're considering new pedestrian crossings. And again, if we are off on some of these locations or we're wanting to be uh, redirected by the public, if there are areas that we should consider additional improvements. So looking at the corridor, we would, um, broke this down into two areas. Um, the, the north area that's in between the two Sutterville roads, Sutterville East and Sutterville West, and then south of Sutterville down the Blair, the rest of that kind of acts similarly where there is the similar cross section and, and lane arrangement. So I'm just gonna jump right in into the um, corridor um, emerging opportunities and the designs because that's the fun part and that's what um, I imagine most folks will have the most interest and opinions on. So looking at that segment that runs along um, Land Park on the, Land Park is on the west side of the, the stretch of the corridor, just, and it goes all the way up to Sutterville Road, um, what we're calling Sutterville East, um, right before City College. That stretch right there, we're looking at a um, four lane cross section. So there's no center turn lane here, and there is parking on the east side of the street and bike lanes. One of the emerging ideas, and I wanna emphasize this um, wherever I can through the, 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 to blanket the entire presentation is that these are emerging ideas. They're not competing ideas. They, they can um, be implemented in different parts of the corridor as we see fit. So we're just trying to get a feel for what the public's response is and not asking for one to be chosen over the other necessarily. So having said that, one of the proposals um, looking at this area is a separated bikeway. So again, the renderings speak a little bit better where you can see the existing two lanes, two lanes directing north, two lanes directing south on street bike lanes and then parking on the east side of the street. This is the prototypical example and what it could look like with separated bikeways heading east and west. This does require the removal of on-street parking on the east side of the street. And I know that the, um, this will be popular with a lot of folks. We also um, work very closely with the business community. I was out there just on Monday of this week going door to door talking to folks. And I think that this option will be um, 
concerning to some of the businesses who feel that they rely on that on-street parking as their um, surface parking lots in front of their stores. Um, they feel are small, inadequate for the customer parking that they wish to have. And some of it has changed over the years, so they feel like they have less and less than they did just 10 years ago. So now I'm gonna move a little bit further south and the rest of the corridor kind of has the same makeup and design like I mentioned before. So the existing you see on the top and then the concept A you see on the bottom where this doesn't change too much. This would be the quickest, cheapest and um, easiest to implement. The median stays the same and um, the configuration of the roadway stays the same. What we do is just with a, uh, a restriping of the street, we skinny up the lanes a little bit to provide a separated, excuse me, a painted buffer for the bikeway. So what that looks like, um, prototypical intersection on Freeport Boulevard, and then with this concept A, um, a buffer bike lane. I'll give you just a moment or two to digest this. We would do the enhancements at the crosswalks to try and make the crosswalks higher visibility crosswalks and um, improve the, the curb ramps as well and look for opportunities where possible to add street trees at the back of the sidewalk and um, as well as uh, transit enhancements. Okay, so I'm gonna move forward to another concept I know that I'm going quickly, but uh, you all have had the staff report and you also have the chance to um, go onto the freeportboulevard.com and take the survey and share your thoughts there and spend a little bit more time with these. Now in this concept, what we do is entertain the idea of dropping on-street parking. There is on-street parking the entirety of the stretch and most of the parking is underutilized. We've done a uh, parking survey and we're ordering another parking survey just to make sure that we're catching it at all the possible times um, to see how the parking is utilized on the street. And most of the blocks of, of Freeport Boulevard that have on-street parking have very, very low utilization rates. And so, um, and with the amount of uh, surface parking lots adjacent to the street, it tells us that perhaps that there isn't that neat. And so what could we do if we were to repurpose that? The other thing that you'll see here is we widen the median. The reason we widen the median is to be able to allow for the turn pocket where there is a, a turn pocket at intersections, but then in addition to the turn pocket that there would be enough room for a proper um, pedestrian refuge island. So that is why we widen out that median to be able to accommodate both the turn pocket and the pedestrian refuge island. So again, I think it's a little bit easier to see when you look at it in this um, prototypical view of uh, looking down at the intersection and then what that would look like with removal of on-street parking for a separated bikeway. I wanna reiterate what I said a couple moments ago that the, the concepts are not necessarily all or nothing, A or B but they are different ideas that we could entertain at different sections of the, of the corridor as, it's, as it makes most sense and as we see fit. 
Um, so we are getting the feedback from the community on these designs from presentations like this that we'll be doing at neighborhood associations and other gatherings, as well as the um, community workshop that we have. It's a virtual community workshop on a week from today, and then um, also the survey will be a great source to, to collect feedback where people can drop a pin and call out specific questions or comments and say, I love this, I really don't like this, I think you missed the mark here, or what if we shifted this over here? We can, um, those types of comments are great with the type of survey that we have where you can drop a, drop a kind of a sticky note basically on, on the virtual board and make those comments. So looking forward to the next steps, we are doing the online survey right now. You can go to freeportbldd.com and take the survey. We also are going to continue our public engagement. I will be out at Bell Coolidge Library this um, tomorrow, <laughs> this Friday, and talking to folks as they come in and out. We had some great success with that in the fall. Um, and then we have a community workshop, like I said, a week from this evening. Um, that will be held on Zoom, and then I will be making the rounds to anywhere people will allow me to have five minutes to talk about this effort, and um, especially the, the neighborhood associations and any other kind of PTA gatherings or things like that where I can squeeze on, squeeze on the agenda. So with that, Chair, I turn the time back over to you, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Again, this is not an action item like Leslie's. Um, this is um, just a... Um, file or receive and comment. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for that presentation, Drew. Um, your audio, at least for me, was a little shaky, but um, I appreciate you putting up the slide now where we can see the dates of the events that you'll be participating in. Um, and then I had a question about the survey. Is there a, a deadline when you're hoping to receive comments by, or is it going to be open for a couple months? It'll be open. I'm sorry about the, the audio, by the way. Oh, it's okay. I hope it's better. Let me know if you want me to repeat anything. Um, the survey will op be open until May 15th at the, at the earliest. We might extend that even a little bit further, but May 15th is the close date right now. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, most of the presentation I could hear, there's just a couple of times where I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have two speakers with their hands raised. The first speaker's name is Dan. Good evening, Commissioners. Um, I have some brief comments on Freeport. Uh, one is that one of the things the public will want to know is whether there's actual justification in terms of traffic volume for four lanes at any point. So that is something that should be presented. Um, I think that dedicated right-hand turn lanes should be removed everywhere, no matter where they are. Um, the diagrams show green painted lanes behind protection, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, the green is to signify conflict. And so putting it behind protection doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of paint. Um, transit should be seriously considered on this. Uh, it is not one of RT's high frequency routes, but it could be become in the future. And since this is a reconstruction, it needs to be considered from the get-go. Um, there are businesses along Freeport that have multiple driveways, more than are justified by the amount of traffic. 
accessing them. And so driveway closure should be considered. Um, and the posted speed limit should be considered for reduction, not just design speeds, but posted speeds as well. And uh, the northbound segment between uh, Sutterville and um, the part of Land Park doesn't need two northbound lanes. Um, there's, there's no justification for traffic there to have two northbound lanes. That's all. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. The next speaker I have is Jennifer Holden. Jennifer, I've given you the option to unmute. Oh, is this better? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. Um, hello, my name is Jennifer Holden, and I live in Mangan Park, which has as its western boundary uh, Freeport Boulevard and Fruit Ridge Road. So we are definitely within this plan scope, and I travel Freeport Boulevard every day. Um, I read over the report, Andrew's been to the Neighborhood Association, given fine presentations. He's a good presenter. And um, uh, reading over his report, I'm glad for a couple of things, and I have, but I don't have enough time to mention everything. So Andrew, I'll, I'll check in with you more later. But for the commission, um, Dan already kind of touched on it. Something that's not in the report is the high number, the constant frequency of driveways to the to the businesses. Um, and where I kind of differ from Dan is the, the reports focused a lot on, you know, narrowing auto lanes to make wider bicycle lanes. Um, but I kind of looked at that and went, you know, it's not the width of the bicycle lane that will encourage bicycle travel. It is being safe from traffic pulling out of parking lots and onto Freeport Boulevard or coming off of Freeport Boulevard at even 35 miles per hour to make a right turn in front of what would be a bicycle. Um, so if we want to encourage bicycle travel on Freeport Boulevard, I think what needs to happen is have those, those parking lots redesigned. I think just saying to close them um, will really anger the businesses because their parking lots won't work if you close one of their two. It's a one-way pull-through. You're supposed to come in one way and exit the other. And if you try to back up and go out because the parking lots are so narrow, you can't just close one and, and tell the, the business to be happy. Um, and also, yes, I think the businesses will be very upset if you close the on-street parking. If someone who lives here and uses those businesses all the time, that will be a real hazard. So... Uh, to the businesses. So in short, given the space, the total width that's allowed by Freeport Boulevard and its extreme significance as the only major north-south north corridor between 99 and I-5 for people commuting into the downtown from the area and its businesses, I think it's better to focus not on narrowing things to widen them for bicycles, but to put the bicycle corridor somewhere else and focus the Freeport Boulevard plan on the pedestrian improvements, because I'm not certain that any way we slice it, we're going to improve bicycle travel, but we can make it safer and calmer for autos and pedestrians in the space allowed for the businesses. Thank you. 
Thank you for your comments. I have one more comment from Joe Flores. <clears throat> Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Joe Flores. I live in South Lampark, uh, and I travel Freeport Boulevard almost daily, just like how Jennifer does. Um, I think there's a great opportunity here, and I, I can't wait for next week's community meeting over Zoom to give more details and more thoughts on it. Um, and we have to also keep in mind that there is an adjacent Del Rio trail that is currently on the books. Um, and uh, the portion of Freeport Boulevard, 35th to Blair, could be a good opportunity for bicycle traffic because the trail is so adjacent to Freeport Boulevard uh, to visit businesses there. Um, uh, I hear what my other neighbors are saying. I think there could be a happy medium. I think the more dramatic the elements on pieces of Freeport Boulevard, um, with the AMPM that has just been recently installed at Freeport and Blair, I have seen neighbors change their habits with the new construction that has happened there. So uh, a big dramatic uh, installations across Freeport Boulevard, eventually I think our neighbors would adjust to not only slow down, but to keep mindful of, uh, of uh, bicycles and buses and stuff like that. So I think there is a happy medium. I think we can all get what we want and we can beautify and we can uh, widen um, medians, put trees on it. We can do a lot of things here. So there's a great opportunity. Can't wait for the uh, more civic engagement on this project. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? And I see a hand from Commissioner Heim. Sorry, I couldn't see anybody anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to say that, um, Drew, this was great. Um, I wanted say how much I love pedestrian refuges. Um, and I noticed that on all of our comments tonight that this is one of the most engaged one. So it'll be a very um, great community workshop on the 28th. And hope to, hopefully you'll get some engagement at the Bell Coolidge Library on the 22nd. Um, this Freeport is really um, a street that um, I myself and um, quite a few others have wanted to see some improvement on. And I agree with Commissioner um, Flores about habits because when that AMPM did go in, habits did change. So I'm very excited to see changes coming um, at some point to Freeport. Great, thank you, Commissioner Hein. Uh, up next, Commissioner Wardwaller. Uh, yeah. Thanks. I um, just wondered if you could respond to a few of the other items that um, Dan brought up, like the transit, um, increasing transit frequency on this corridor. Is that something that's being discussed or studied? Yeah, me too. Thanks. Um, transit is being discussed. It was one of the things that we heard back, probably the third most popular thing or common thing that we heard back from the community. And so we are looking for ways to provide better transit amenities. Ultimately, as you know, um, SACRT is responsible and in control of 
the frequency. But I, I agree with uh, Mr. Allison in this case completely that it can be a high frequency route in the future. And I, I have hopes that it does. And what we can do is help build the infrastructure to make it more comfortable. So the access to transit, the waiting areas, the shelters and the bus stops, we'll try and on the city side, make it as attractive and uh, properly located of uh, bus stops as possible. So that if SACRT wants to dial up the frequency that they certainly have the infrastructure to support it. Um, I didn't touch on that as much in these designs because um, right now we're still at the cross-section level of what might make sense. Um, but as we um, go into the next phase, we'll and, and look at the corridor more specifically, um, kind of block by block, we'll look for those opportunities um, where, it make, where we have the opportunity for um, sh bus shelters and back of walk improvements and shade and things like that. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted me to respond to on, on those other questions? I'm sorry. Um, I just I appreciate Dan's question too about like studying the traffic volumes and really taking a close look on whether you can justify reducing the lanes in this quarter. I mean, it is one where people do you know I see people drive really fast in the corridor when there's not a lot of traffic. And frankly, I don't know if I've ever seen it like super backed up and congested. And so it does seem like a really good candidate. And I think it would help, you know, the safety of all users and even people driving this corridor, if you could slow speed and, you know, narrowing the vehicle lanes and doing a road diet would, would achieve those things. Um, not just, you know, providing more space for bicyclists. Um, so the, I, I think it's, I think it's really important to study that and, you know, these go through neighborhoods where there's a good amount of density. There's probably a good, very good potential for increasing bike, bike commuting and, and just access to the businesses if you did have improved bicycle facilities. So I think that's really important. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, we will make sure to take a look at that and make sure to align it with some of the adopted plans like the general, the general plan update that is coming um, and do our best to, to align those. those and Drew, one more thing, who's gonna take over this project in your absence? Uh, good question, Leslie. <laughs> Leslie's been with me from the beginning on this project. We've done these <laughs> corridor plans in sync. And so we share consultants. And so she is um, gonna be in great, or the, this project will be in great hands. Leslie's got her work cut out for her. <laughs> Excited to take it on. Great, love to hear that. Um, okay, I see um, a hand from Vice Chair Pollins, and then Commissioner Heim, is that a new hand or an old hand? Oh, I was just gonna point out that um, there is um, a lot of bus activity. It's just that that's a commuter route because I used to ride that bus. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that it doesn't come as frequent. So um, just wanted to point that out. That is a, a normal way to get downtown for a lot of people coming from Green Haven. Great. Thanks for adding that additional context. Uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Thanks, Chair Dewar Westbrook. <clears throat> Thanks, Drew. This is a great presentation. Uh, it looks really exciting. I'm not super familiar with Freeport Boulevard and, and riding it. Although on a recent training ride, uh, we had to take a detour due to a, uh, 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 and a, one of the uh, 
on ramps to the uh, bike path uh, in the pocket area was closed. And so we ended up Uh, Vice Chair Pollins, we can't hear you any longer anymore. There is that better? Yep. Did you catch anything? Um, you, I heard um, in a previous or in a training ride, an on ramp to a bike trail was closed, and then yeah. So we ended up. Uh, Vice Chair Pollins, you were muted again. Okay, I was trying to use spacebar, but obviously that's not a good <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so we uh, took a detour and rode from Blair, uh, turned left on Blair onto Freeport and took Freeport all the way to 20, where it turns into 21st. And um, so that was my first time uh, on that stretch. And... Yeah, I could see a lot of room for improvements. And I agree with uh, like the driveways. I happened to stop at the Taco Bell and and I was driving support, so I wasn't riding uh, for our group, but I stopped at the Taco Bell and yeah, you, you, you pull in and then you get in the drive-through and then boom, you exit right onto Freeport. And I noticed it was a little tough uh, you know, seeing the traffic as well as, uh, you know, getting back onto the, the Freeport Boulevard. So I somewhat agree on the um, driveways. Um, I'm not sure if there's an easy fix that won't anger uh, businesses, but maybe there could be some changes that, that could be applied in, in a few cases. So. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Vice Chair. Chair Dora Westbrook, do uh -huh. you mind if I respond to that even though there wasn't a specific question in there? <laughs> I, 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 it's a very good point. I don't wanna miss the opportunity. The driveways are part of the reason why the Vision Zero Action Plan identified these types of stretches of roadway being problematic and why we are studying Northgate and Freeport simultaneously is because they exhibit similar similarities with the frequency of driveways that cause challenges. And um, as far as what the city is capable of doing in these situations is we can make recommendations so that in the future, when the development, when there is turnover, when there's new redevelopment, we can um, reduce and consolidate driveways but it isn't something that the city has the right to do to um, close the driveway right now. And so um, it's something that we know is, is a big part of the challenge. So what we can do is, is figure out the best way to work with what is existing there. And the frequency of driveways is absolutely a challenge. And going um, property by property down the corridor, many of them are really, really narrow property. So it's not even in some cases, not even a large property where you really do have the option to consolidate, but there's individual property owner um, with one driveway and then four, 40 feet later, another individual property owner, and then another 40 feet later, another individual property owner. So it certainly is challenging. That's, that's one of the characteristics of a legacy strip mall corridor like this. 
Um, and that's, so we're trying to figure out what to, how to best react to it within the corridor uh, on within the city right of way. So Leslie talked about this a little bit on Northgate Boulevard where the open center turn lane is, um, doesn't manage the traffic in and out as, as it potentially could. So uh, the use and the, the um, very carefully crafted and designed use of a center median can help uh, direct traffic in a way that won't, that will eliminate some potential conflict points. And so that is something that will be part of our study as we move on to the next phase is um, how can the median do a good job of directing traffic? It might mean someone comes out of a driveway and heads the direction that they don't want to go, the undesired direction, and have to go to a U-turn at the next light, um, but it might eliminate uh, a number of conflict points. So the frequency of driveways is absolutely a valid point, and, um, but a, a, that's gonna be a solution that happens with change over time with redevelopment over the next few decades. It's a, it's a unfortunate, um, but the, the realistic answer there. Yeah, thanks, Drew. I appreciate that. And and I would agree that, you know, some of these are just grandfathered in and and but certainly anything we can do moving forward for, for new development um, addresses that issue. So thank you. Yeah. I agree with you there, uh, Vice Chair Pollins. I was starting to think I think maybe this is um, something that we could add to our log if you know the city is looking at you know, how we're going to be addressing, um, you know, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing right now. But anyways, <laughs> addressing these conflict points for folks as they, you know, enter and exit businesses, I think um, it is something that is really important. So agree there. Um, I'm looking now at the clock. Um, I know we are, our goal is always to try, you know, and to have a good discussion and, and finish up before eight. Um, so I think, uh, it is appropriate that we move on to the next item. Um, thank you, everyone, for your comments. I'm um, in strong support of what we heard from the public. I think, you know, if the city can really pursue opportunities to, to lower speeds on Freeport, I think that it would be, you know, um, really important for all users of the system, folks walking, biking, driving, taking transit, everyone. So I think um, I'd like to encourage you to continue to look into those. Um, and then, yeah, finding ways that we can, you know, have um, the route kind of be consistent. So it seemed like in some sections you were gonna have a separated bikeway and some you were doing, you know, a, a painted buffer. Um, and so, you know, those, each of those options might, um, you know, attract different users. So I think if we can continue, um, you know, something that's a little bit more separated throughout the entire corridor. Um, that would be ideal, but you know, there's a lot of compromises that need to be made in order for that to happen. So look forward to the community discussions that are taking place. Um, but other than that, this item is a review and comment, so no vote is required from us. We're going to move on to the next item. The next item is item eight, Active Transportation Program Cycle 6 Grant Applications. Is there a staff presentation? There most certainly is. Jennifer Dolanwai, Transportation Planning Manager. Before I give my presentation, I wanna ask if any commissioners have a conflict in their day jobs and need to recuse themselves from this item because this is an application to Caltrans. 
Um, yes, thanks for the reminder. I will <laughs> recuse myself and step away. Okay, great. We'll text you when you're, when you're back. Okay. Thank you. All right, now I will share my, you don't have to, Allie? Um, no, I, no, I don't. Okay, great. Um, I don't like when you go away. I like to be able to try to see y'all, so, all right. Can you see my screen? Fantastic. All right, let's start again. Commissioners, my name is Jennifer Donlin-Wyan. I'm Transportation Planning Manager. And tonight I'll be presenting to you staff recommendations on the Active Transportation Program Cycle 6 grants for 2022. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's the state program called the Active Transportation Program um, that funds um, planning and um, design and construction for projects related to active transportation. It is a highly competitive project process. Um, the city of Sacramento um, sometimes wins at the state level. There's also a call for projects that happens at our MPO or Metropolitan Planning Organization level known as SACOG and we do well there as well. So this is asking, this is an action item. We're going to be asking for your uh, to take a motion and vote on our recommendations uh, in order for us to go to council. The grants are due in June and obviously we need to start work now, as in like yesterday, on these efforts. And so what I'm going to do is give you a presentation um, on this and ask for your support and also answer any questions that you might have. Uh, before I do that, I wanted to quickly identify what's a, what do we apply for grants versus like what can we do in house? We're getting this question a lot lately. So if something needs fixing, like you want a bike lane on Freeport Boulevard, for example, that's gonna be a bigger effort called bigger stuff. We have bigger stuff like this, like new traffic signals, new crosswalks that require signals, and a corridor plan, traffic calming, new sidewalks. That requires us to do a plan. Smaller stuff like stop signs, crosswalks uh, that don't require signals, uh, small signing or striping improvements, uh, fixing a signal that doesn't work, or the spot improvements. That's a traffic investigation, and you can call through when to report that. We also have the it depends category. Sometimes it might be small enough that we're able to do it in-house with our local funds. So just a how-to. And then a quick how-to on how a, an idea becomes a ribbon cutting in a project, because I don't think folks understand this or know the complex processes behind the scenes. We come to you, we throw things at you, whether it's a planning effort or like um, Adam presented today, projects that are funded for construction. Um, so I'm just going to highlight this quickly. I'm happy to take questions later on if you have some. So you have the idea, which is step one. Uh, if it's going to move forward, we need to seek a grant to do the planning effort. Like we sought the grants for the Freeport Boulevard or the Northgate Boulevard corridor plans. We received, that usually takes one to two years, depending on the grant cycles. And plans cost anywhere between $350,000 and $700,000. Then you get the money. Yay, we won the grants. Then it takes about two years to do the planning work. And that's a, you know, an efficient two-year planning effort. Then you finish the plan. You're like, great, Drew and Leslie finished these great plans. What's next? So then we move from the yellow area into the greenish area. We seek money for the next phase, which is preliminary, preliminary engineering and environmental. Seek funding, again, takes one to two years, depending on the funding cycles. And we call this PE. PE typically, typically costs one to three million, but it could cost a lot more if it's a more complex project. 
then you win it. Yay, we won the grant. Then it's anywhere from two to seven years to go through PE um, for this phase. And so we do that work. So then we've done the preliminary engineering. Then what we need to do is apply for the final design and construction money into the pink red area. Um, and so we seek money again, once to two years, depending on funding cycles, and then go into final design and construction. That could be two to three years. But if we need to acquire right of way, like a trail, and we need to purchase property, then it takes a lot longer and it can add up to seven years to the process. So just so you understand why I'm saying this is because when I go to this next slide and I talk about the work that we're working on, that doesn't have enough funding, you have some context and like why we don't have enough funding for all of these. I just don't tell you things so to, to share info. It's usually a reason behind what I'm doing. So these are projects the city of Sacramento is working on around transportation that also need money. So when we think about grant opportunities, we think, okay, well, what are we working on? Where do we need to supplement with funding? So this is the list of things. The ones that are bold and a more yellowy tan color are ones that might be eligible for active transportation program funding um, or, um, or have something like, they might not be fully an active transportation project, but elements of it are, and that they could be funding. So Capitol Mall, Envision Broadway and Oak Park, Franklin Boulevard, I Street Bridge Replacement, Morrison Creek Trail, Sacramento River Parkway, Stockton Boulevard Corridor Plan, that was Drew's, and Two Rivers. So then we say, okay, we have these and these need money. Ready for the next phase. Some of them are, some of them aren't. So for example, Capitol Mall, it's in the middle of a phase right now, so it's not ready for the next phase. And then we determine, well, will it be competitive for, for this program? So there are a lot of programs, and just because it has a sidewalk in it or a bike lane in it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be competitive for this particular grant opportunity. So the ones of this list that we're working on right now that would be competitive for ATP is Envision Broadway and Oak Park. So that's the, the angle part of Broadway and Oak Park. Franklin Boulevard Complete Streets because you never get funding in once. So this is phase three. We got funding for phase one. Then in the last round, we got funding for phase two and we'd like to finish it off with funding for phase three. So that's Franklin Boulevard. I Street Bridge Replacement, so obviously that is not a bike project unto itself. It's like a new bridge, but it has walking and biking components, and we could conceivably fund a portion of that with this money. But none of these other projects are in our proper phase or are competitive for ATP at this time. We also have other high-profile projects that we're uh, kind of working on. So remember I talked about the climate and transportation workshop that we did earlier this year? We had the big seven ideas. These are the big seven ideas. And so we said, okay, are they ready for this next phase? And would they be competitive for this, this grant opportunity? So Jackrabbit Trail, not quite ready yet because we haven't done our preliminary engineering. So the active transportation program is great for either planning or design and construction. It's not ready for that middle, it's not a great funding source for that middle phase, especially if we have not done our preliminary work. So the Jackrabbit's not ready. The Nino's Parkway, not ready, uh, which is closing the gap, which Leslie talked about a little bit earlier between mutual housing and the American River Parkway. But don't worry, earlier this week, we applied for an earmark to, to Congresswoman Matsui's office for this effort. So Nino's Parkway is being submitted. We'll see if we get funded for that. Two Rivers Trail. Oh, this is bad formatting. Sorry. Um, so we already have Two Rivers Trail in action. Uh, phase three, it's an ongoing effort that needs money, um, but it doesn't need money right yet. It's not in the right phase. 
Morrison Creek Trail, fantastic project, great active transportation project. But we're just kicking off that phase. We already have funding for its current phase, so it's not a good opportunity for this current funding cycle. Sacramento River Parkway, I know Commissioner Hopp is pretty excited about that one. So we are working on it. Uh, it's a great project, but it's just not ready for this phase. We're working through this fa one phase right now of getting ready for construction north of Garcia Bend Park. Uh, we're not ready to move it into the next phase yet. The next one is the Urban Core Bikeway Gap pro Closure Project. It is ready for the next phase and it would be competitive for active transportation. And last but not least, because you know I love the bus, Stockton Boulevard bus lanes, which is part of the seven big ideas. It is ready for the next phase, but it's not ready for ATP at this phase. This is more of a bus project or a transit project than an active transportation. Again, this grant program is fo focused on walking and biking. So we went through this to decide, okay, well, everything that we have going on, what needs funding and what have going to forward. So the first one the staff is recommending, we have four recommendations that we'd like your support on, is the big seven ideas, the urban core project. So when we went to council um, uh, uh, in February, we proposed some big ideas. This one is closing the gaps in the bikeway network within four miles of the grid. And this is to reduce vehicle miles traveled, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and make biking more comfortable. Um, for folks. This includes things, so, so this is our concept. We can't, it's a $27 million project. We cannot get $27 million from this grant program. So what we're doing right now is evaluating what can we do with what's fundable through here for about $3 million. Haven't been determined yet, um, but what can we apply for $3 million to look at some of these project closures, like closing small gaps in the bike lane that you approach the intersection, there's no more bike lane, or a block with no bike lane, or some traffic calming. So we're looking in this area, broad, $3 million worth of quick bills, small gap closures. So that's the first one. The next one is Envision Broadway and Oak Park, which we had talked about. So we would like to take this to this next phase. So if you remember way back when, when Leslie worked on this project a million years ago, um, here you can see the alignment. It basically goes from 99 down to MLK. Um, we're putting in a road diet, so a lane removal. Um, and putting in bikeways. We have some enhanced crossings like at Second Avenues. Um, we did a, a temporary demonstration and then a little bit longer than temporary closure of the Second Avenue between 34th and Broadway. That would improve that crossing. And so what we're looking for through the active transportation program is um, basically we're calling it PSE, just call it design and construction funding so that we can move forward on this one. So this one is envisioned Broadway and Oak Park. The next one is the Franklin Boulevard Complete Streets. Remember, I told you we got one funded phase. We got two phases funded. We'd like to get the third phase funded so we can close that off. And that's between 32nd and 38th Avenue, uh, which includes a separated bikeway, enhanced sidewalks, um, and really it's, it's so important to the community along Franklin. And then last, so, so the last three, so the three that I just mentioned are ongoing efforts that we need additional funding for. The next one is a new idea, and it's a plan. Uh, this one is to create a sustainable transportation plan that will be equity focused, that would take our decades old pedestrian plan, which doesn't even identify sidewalks for, to infill, but really thinking about improving walking, taking our bicycle plan, uh, bicycle master plan, which the network really has not been updated in decades. The plan was updated, but the network wasn't updated. Updating that 
And then also putting a transit piece to it. We don't operate transit. We don't. But what we do is we can do analysis of what transit service we need to begin conversations with RT. And one of the things that we're envisioning is doing analysis like you see right here. So this is a, uh, using what's called replica data. It's anonymized cell phone data that looks at where people are traveling with origin and destination. And so we looked, just did a quick analysis of like trips under five miles. Where are people traveling to? And these are the hot spots of activity. So if we understand where people are coming from and traveling to, then we can have a better understanding of what transit needs we have, what walking needs we have, and what biking needs we have, and help us prioritize that travel. So that's part of what we envision as part of the sustainable transportation plan. Uh, but it would also have a significant foundation in equity in its process and its outcomes. Um, so that is the fourth one that we're asking for your support on. Um, and so that is my present. I know we're 807 and we still have another item after this. Um, so I'm going to keep it brief to that. What we are asking for is your support to pass a motion to forward to council. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but to support these four projects moving forward for council support to apply for this grant. With that, I thank you very much and I'm happy to take any questions. And Chair, let me know if you want me to stop sharing or continue sharing my screen. I find it to be helpful to see like the full picture because <laughs> I'm over here like scribbling all the different projects that you just uh, spoke of. So I, I think it's helpful. So yeah, let's keep this screen up and then I will go back over here. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised on this item. Thank you. Uh, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I'm ready to motion. <laughs> One second, I changed up my view. Oh no. Okay, I, I see uh, Vice Chair Pollins, go for it. I would like to move that we accept the staff recommendation of forwarding this to city council. Okay. I can't tell if either Commissioner Heim or Commissioner Buonrostro has a comment or... Uh, Commissioner Buonrostro, go for it. No, I mean, I was just gonna ask a, a question about the the five mile radius for the for the cell phone map um is there an analysis that, that could maybe make that a little longer um because I'm, I'm just looking at some of the some of the neighborhoods as you try to get to different different parts of the city that that uh folks might want to get to um some of those some of those routes might be more than five miles so i'm just that's helpful thank you Commissioner, sorry, I couldn't find my unmute when I'm screen sharing everything hides. It's difficult. Um, so we, we proposed the four miles um, because a four mile bike ride is something that a normal person could comfortably do. Uh, our, our employment center, uh, the region's employment center is the central city. So we, we know that this will be meet our climate goals with BMT reduction uh, and GHG reduction. The other challenge we face um, is that, and I'll point out here, historically the city has done a lot of planning around active transportation in these areas. We have not done the same level of planning in North Sacramento, 
Southeast Sacramento and South Sacramento. And so we don't have those projects that are ready to take off the shelf to move forward. Um, that is why we're doing the active transportation audits um, to identify those projects. So once those projects are ready and we can add them to the list, but at this point we just don't have them. And if, I, I can't remember if you were on when I, the call, uh, the, the meeting when we started earlier, we are pausing the active transportation audits, actually now known as active streets, um, because with Drew's departure, we have 50 projects between Leslie and myself, and we just don't have capacity to move that forward. Um, it is a priority for us, but it's locally funded, so we have greater flexibility, whereas the, the Freeport and the Northgate are funded through grants, and we have strict timelines on those. Um, and so as soon as we get staff on board, we will be picking up that project to move it forward. Um, it's a project that is very near and dear to me because I want to make sure these neighborhoods get what they deserve and the plans that make sense and work for them. And as soon as they're ready, we can move those forward. Thank you. I appreciate the answer. And I also forgot to mention that I really appreciate the presentation and um, really, really appreciate all the projects that are being recommended. Um, I'm particularly interested, like supportive of the sustainable transportation plan idea that, that you presented, because uh, it's definitely, you know, really needed uh, to update those plans and combine them. So re really appreciate your work and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Von Wostrom. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited to hear about this transportation plan that's really incorporating um, transit into the active transportation conversation, which I think we've heard a lot from our community members and, and actually in presentations that you've given us um, at other meetings. Um, is there any, okay, I see a hand from Commissioner Hein. I just was gonna second. <laughs> oh. As I look at the clock. Yeah. <laughs> and these are all projects that I love. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, I know it's like hard. I would like to have more conversation, but maybe, maybe for our next meeting, we'll have a, a few less items on the agenda if possible, but who knows? Um, okay. Well, I had, um, we had a motion from, um, Vice Chair Pollens and a second from Commissioner Heim. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call. Commissioner Brazil? Hi. I'm sorry. Thank you. Commissioner Buenrostro? Aye. Commissioner Carpenter is absent. Commissioner Granville is absent. Commissioner Heim? Aye. Commissioner Hopp? Aye. Commissioner Smith? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Ward-Waller has recused. And then Vice Chair Pollins? Aye. Chair Dewar-Westbrook? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes with Ward Waller recusing themselves. All right. Thank you. Um, and then maybe Jennifer, if you could just uh, notify Commissioner Ward Waller that she can join us again, that'd be great. Awesome. Uh, the next item is item nine, ad hoc committee to report to city council on the status of walking and bicycling in the city of Sacramento. 
is there a staff? Oh, the staff presentation is supposed to be for me. It has my name. <laughs> um, I thought that this item was being led by Commissioner Smith for some reason, since it was put on by Commissioner Smith <laughs> or brought up by Commissioner Smith at the last meeting. So my apologies for being unprepared. <laughs> It was, yeah. I'm happy to take on this item if that's acceptable to the chair. Yes, that is acceptable to me, yeah. Okay, uh, well, as a brief recap for the fellow, for my fellow commissioners, um, when I was reviewing um, the commission responsibilities as part of the commission log, what I noticed was that um, there is an outstanding responsibility that to this point we as a commission have not addressed, uh, which is to report to the city council, uh, basically on the city, on, on the priorities, needs, um, what have you for, for active transportation in the city, in, in the city of Sacramento. To this point, we've not undertaken such a report. Uh, we have had recommendations as part of the commission log in the recent months. Um, several ideas which I, I feel feed into this, uh, specifically Commissioner Carpenter, for example, has suggested that we, uh, as a commission, do a better job of um, collecting, processing, analyzing, and utilizing data on active transportation in the city of Sacramento. Uh, Commissioner Buenorostro, finally got your name right, I think, um, uh, as uh, encourage the commission to study how it is that we're implementing our um, equity statement. Uh, and I think ultimately those are, th th those efforts should drive what comes next. We as a commission owe it to the people of Sacramento, to the council members who appointed us to this, um, to report out on, on what our priorities are, how we're addressing those priorities, what we've accomplished, and whether or not um, what we've accomplished meets the overall goals of our transportation plans, our transportation needs, and um, our equity needs as a city. And so uh, that is my that that was my my idea. Thank you, Commissioner Smith, for that kind of recap. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. It looks like I have one speaker with their hand raised. Awesome. The first speaker's name is Dan Allison. Good evening, Commissioners. Um, I would support this item. I think that it's an important thing for the Commission to be working on. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more speakers with their hand raised. Great, thank you. Uh, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Uh, Commissioner Heim? I think if I remember correctly, this when we talked about this before, was this a report that we were looking to do? Um, and if that was the report, I believe the communication and Jennifer helped me out. Um, was it that we couldn't 
is it a report that you're looking for? I guess I'm, I'm just wondering, is it a report that the commission ourselves or as a subcommittee, or do you want a subcommittee to do this report and report out? Or is this a report that you want to, the staff to do? And we can't direct staff. So I'm just trying to figure out where, where we want to go with this so that we can move forward. Yeah, I believe um, at the last uh, commission meeting, it was um, stated by Jennifer that, that this would be up to us to write this port if, report if we're interested in doing so. Yeah, the, the staff would not be writing it. So we would likely need to form a subcommittee. Okay. Um, then that committee would put together a draft report and then that draft report would be brought forward um, at a commission meeting and then voted on at the meeting. But I'll maybe let staff correct me if I... Okay, that if that that makes sense, and then I guess I think my suggestion with that is once you got once a template is come, came up with, or once you guys come up with a template for that subcommittee comes up with a template, maybe that same template could be used over and over again to report out future information in regards to how we move forward. Gotcha. That's my thought process. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that recommendation. Can I? thought at the last meeting we had asked staff to see if any other city commissions do a similar report um, to provide us examples of the types of information but if not I think it might be up to us we have our charter which kind of outlines what our roles and responsibilities are and so we you know could could look to that to the types to understand the types of information that we might want to include in the report. But um, I do see a hand from Commissioner Hopped, so I'll pass it over to you. Thank you, Chair. Um, I certainly support this idea, and I would move to form an ad hoc committee to prepare a report to the City Council. And Vice Chair Pollins. Thank you, Chair Wilson, and uh, thank you for the idea. Um, I agree that. Uh, it's, it's good for us to demonstrate on a proactive basis, you know, the, the, everything that we're uh, uh, having presented to us and, and especially the action items. And I don't know if there's like a, a data sheet of everything that we've voted on that um, required action versus receive and comment. But I think if there is, that would be a good starting point for us to uh, develop a report. If not, um, maybe as a, an ad hoc committee, we could uh, go back to the minutes from each meeting and, and, and look at everything that we have voted on um, as a way to uh, get the data that, that we need to report to the um, council. And then moving forward, um, maybe we propose to do a if not quarterly, maybe a biannual report or even an annual report and, and, and work to make sure that we keep track in, in some type of uh, uh, spreadsheet or something, the action items that we've voted on and, and maybe some comment about those items and our, our thoughts. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Pollins. For the subcommittee that we're trying to form. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Commissioner Buenostro. Thank you. I really appreciate Commissioner uh, Smith's 
um, great pronunciation of my last name, first of all, and also the item that he brought forward. Um, what I'm what I'm thinking about as as I think about this idea is is where the information will be gathered from. Like I'm thinking I'm thinking about data information that can be disaggregated by different uh, demographics. Um, so that's that's something that I would be interesting and in, interested in, in looking at. Um, but what may I, I I think the work will, will will fall on the on the ad hoc committee. But I'm wondering if if um, one support that staff can provide. I don't want to take up too much of their time because they're so switched thin at this point. Is is maybe just pointing us in the right direction on where to get some of this information so that the commissioners that are part of the committee can can gather that. Um, and I think some of this we we might know where, where to get that. So maybe so maybe the commissioners the commissioners can first do an audit for where to get information and and um, I'm wondering where we're going to be able to, to to get a lot of the, what's needed here um, to make it comprehensive. But maybe that's part of the report, figuring out what it is that we don't know that we might need to get more data on in the future. I agree, definitely. There are there's um, quite a few existing um, online databases that um, the state and other universities across California maintain that we can pull some some safety data from. But yeah. We'll definitely want to um, think about that as a subgroup. So, um, did I have? I feel like at one point there was a motion by someone, <laughs> and now we've had some good discussion. And I'm trying to remember who that was. Here, here I moved. I moved to approve the, the creation of the ad hoc committee. Great, thank you, Commissioner Haupt. Uh Vice Chair Palms. Thank you, Chair Dewar Westbrook. I'd like to second Commissioner Hopp's uh, motion, and I would also uh, volunteer to be on the ad hoc committee. Wonderful. Thank you for your leadership. Is there any other commissioners who would like to serve on this ad hoc committee? I would, Commissioner Smith. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Bonvostro. I would like to be in the committee if possible. Awesome. Um, I guess a question for staff, is there a max number of people that can be on the subcommittee? I'll go ahead and answer, Chair. Um, so an ad hoc committee has to be less than a quorum of your commission. So you have to be less than six. Okay. We've got three people so far. Is there anyone else interested? Oh, I see another hand. Uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Is it possible for staff to reach out to commissioners that weren't able to be on tonight's uh, meeting and, and inquire whether they would be interested as well? Because I know you have nothing else to do, but <laughs> seriously, though, you guys rock. Uh, Jano, Ken, are we legally allowed to? I'm happy to if we are able to. 
Um, yeah, so the vote tonight is to form the committee. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be that all part, all members are designated at the time that you form it. So um, you could reach out to others and see if they're interested and let the chair know if anyone is, and then the chair can decide who to appoint from that group, if anyone. So long as we don't exceed the six, of course. But the chair does have authority to appoint people to a committee independent of any action tonight. The power. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I am also um, interested in being a part of this group, um, but I, at the same time, don't want to take the opportunity from commissioners who, who aren't here tonight who also might be interested. Um, but I will go ahead and, and throw my hat in the ring. So I think now we have four of us. Um, so that gives the opportunity for um, two additional commissioners. So, um, oh, sorry, one, one, because <laughs> we can't go over six, got it. Um, okay, well, that gives opportunity for one. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, um, Commissioner Smith, for this idea to begin with. And thank you to everyone else um, for agreeing it's important uh, that we put together a document to report out to council. But have we taken so, a vote yet? Oh, sorry, no, I'm all out of... <laughs> All out of order. Uh, will the clerks please call the roll for the vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Brizzle? Aye. Commissioner Buenrostro? Aye. Commissioner Carpenter is absent tonight. Commissioner Granville is absent as well. Commissioner Heim? Aye. Commissioner Hopp? Aye. Commissioner Smith? Aye. Commissioner Ward-Waller? Aye. Vice Chair Pollins? Aye. Chair Dewar-Westbrook? Aye. Thank you, motion passes. Great. Uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Apologies, I'll get this. One meeting, I'll get it right. Okay. Um, the next item is commissioner comments, ideas, wait, the next item is commissioner comments and ideas, questions and meeting conference report. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? Okay. I'm not seeing any hands. Um, the last item is public comments, matters not on the agenda. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments, matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hand raised to make public comments, matters not on the agenda. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. The meeting is adjourned.